You're listening to the 12 Days of Christmas on KFUO. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is so fun to get to dig into Christmas hymns during the 12 Days of Christmas and spending some time with some wonderful church musicians, cantors, pastors, um, organists who have dedicated so much of their time and their lives to not only presenting the music, but also studying so much about the music that we share together in the church. Joining us today is Paul Solik. He's director of parish and school music at St. John Lutheran Church in Seward, Nebraska. Paul, thanks so much for being our guest. Thanks for having me. So you chose, out of our list of Christmas hymns, Lutheran service book number 389, Let All Together Praise Our God. So what do you, let, let's talk about the text first, and then we'll dig in, we'll, we'll look at the tune a little bit as well. Um, what do you know about who wrote the text for this hymn? Oh, yes. So I like it, first of all, wonderful Christocentric text, all of those good things. I have to put that out there. But as I was thinking about the ones that I really like, this one was written text and tune by a Lutheran cantor. So who lived from 1500 to 61, his uh Pastor was a friend of Luther, and this is, is very cool to me because cantors are not just coming up with their own thing or hopefully off playing circle of fifth progressions in the wilderness, but they're <laughs> actually contributing theologically to what's being preached from the pulpit. And there is a, a big connection between Nicholas Herman and his pastor, Johann Mathesius, at that time. So really, really cool connection, text and tune. He, we're not really sure how the tune, if the tune was with this text originally, he had some other things in that time, but definitely both were from him. So a, a fun thing to say, the cantors have a big part in putting that song of the gospel on the lips of the people. Mm -hmm. What do we know? Do we know much about Nicholas Herman? Well, we're talking about someone who is in northeastern what now is northeastern Germany, and at the time he was teaching at the school there and was the master of Latin. So he's teaching Latin. He was the cantor, director of the musical things there in the church, and was at the time, like most, active in both the ideas of text and tune. Those are the really big things that, that I noticed and have taken with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he wrote, he wrote more than just this one hymn as well, didn't he? Yes, yes, they had several of those. This is probably one of the better known ones that, that we have here for sure. And a, a very, very good pastoral type text, not just something that's regurgitating parts of deep theological truth, but does it in a way that's very accessible. So he did it in a catechetical sense for the students he was teaching at his school. Mm -hmm. So let's dig into the, into the text. What do, you, what do you want us to, to look at in this text? Well, all of it, but several <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> things that, that are fun for me to notice is I would be teaching this to my seventh and eighth graders too. We do a hymn of the month at our school and thinking about that this is coming to us from a translation. So we have this originally written in German and these seven stanzas, there's two stanzas that are not included from the original one, but we have stanzas one, three, four, five, and six that were translated by F. Samuel Janzo. And then we have stanza seven, which is doxological, which we often attribute, we often talk about the Holy Trinity at the end of all of these hymns. 
And that was actually a Janzo original from all we can tell, but that was not in the, the original text. So there's words and things in this hymn, especially I, the one that I always think of, he undertakes a great exchange. Mm -hmm. We talk about Jesus' state of humiliation, and we use those kinds of words. It's the our language. It's not this impersonal third person over there, Jesus is doing these things. But Jesus is entering into our life, into our humanity, becoming like us in every way, with, but without sin. And giving us his righteousness in exchange for all of our unrighteousness. And that's everywhere. So, and in return, gives us his realm, his glory, and his name. He is a servant, I a Lord. Your grace, Lord Jesus, is revealed in lowliness. So, all of those wonderful things. We see Christ in creation here. John 1, it's all over the place. Obviously, Luke 2, in Jesus' birth among us. Hebrews 1, God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. And then this idea in stanza 6 that Jesus is the key and the door to paradise. And this is something we don't hear much that follows. The angel bars the way no more. So that angel of guarding in Genesis after the fall and also mentioned in Revelation, Jesus is the key and the door to that by whom we enter. So much great stuff. Like you said, you wanted to cover all the stanzas. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about the text that you want to highlight before we go on to the tune for this hymn? I want to emphasize again how much this is not the distant God mm. that is away from us that we need to ascend to. Because every stanza is just dripping with the incarnation of Christ and not just the incarnation set aside somewhere else, but the incarnation of Christ for us. And, and that's what see, makes it a that's what makes it a great Christmas hymn, isn't it? It's all about the incarnation, God with us. Man, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. And we have such a vast variety of Christmas hymns that have come to us from like this one in the Lutheran tradition, others from, from other places, and, and they all find a good place together. Not everything needs to be something in 15 stanzas that is <laughs> versifying the Apostles' Creed. It, they have their place. Uh, we're not necessarily in this one singing about uh, donkeys or the wings of angels or things like that, though. And I think something like this with the substance that really offers point for hearing about who this Jesus is for us. And it gives great, great points for talking with kids about this stuff, too, just like its original intention. Mm -hmm. Beautiful text. All right. Let's go on to the tune. Um, what do we know about the, the tune for this hymn, 389? So we already have established fun things that the text and tune were by this same Lutheran cantor. It makes for some wonderful musical treatments as well. Right away, If for those uh, music theorists among us, it leaps up by a fifth, and it has a, a good range to it that in the original text and in the translation, the high points of each stanza are marked by the rise and the fall of the hymn itself. Let all together praise our God before his glorious throne, or he leaves his heavenly father's throne, is born an infant small. 
And then at the end, we repeat the last line. And repetition, we all need quite a bit of it in our lives because we forget things. But the way that it repeats it even, to give us his own son, to give us his own son, it almost slows us down a little bit at the end just to repeat those truths. Mm-hmm. What, what extra special things do we get when you have someone that writes both the text and the tune as one packaged hymn? Well, you can always have the, the poetic nature that's going to work well. And that, especially if we're looking in the original German, there's some really neat things in the hymnal companion to Lutheran service book that talk about this. A shameless plug for that wonderful <laughs> book. Oh, um, yes. Very, very neat to read the research relating to that in German. And so much of this for us, though, is relying on the translators that have set between. So they're not just saying in Google Translate, what does this word mean <laughs> and how would it work? Because it probably would be awful. It wouldn't sing well. And it certainly wouldn't follow the structure and the form of the tune very well as well. So mm -hmm. both translators represented here did an amazing job at bringing those things together too. Yeah, shout out to all of our hymn translators. I've I've been researching them a little bit more in the last year, and it is incredible the work that they do. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about them. Who are the translators for this hymn? So we have August Crawl here that did stanza two. That's that's the one stanza that that he's represented in. He was uh, alive from 1845 to 1923. Was a Lutheran in America was in both our uh, St. Louis and Fort Wayne Lutheran communities doing all of those uh, good Lutheran things. And that is a stanza that had a little bit different take on it. This that we saw first in the 1969 hymnal or worship supplement to the Lutheran hymnal. And that's where the Janzo translation came in. So he has stanzas one, three, four, five, and six, and then his additional stanza seven. And, and he was a professor at Concordia Chicago and definitely have a lot of his work that's, that's with our hymnal now. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks be to God for great translators who can put in that time. As you mentioned earlier, it's not something you can just type into <laughs> an online translation tool and, and come up with a great lyrics that are going to work. Uh, Looking at the combination of of text and tune for this hymn, and you pointed out earlier the just the beautiful um, incarnational theology of this. Is there a specific service in the time of Christmas that you might select this hymn for? Well, in in our tradition at Saint John, we will use all of the hymns in the hymnal at some point during the Christmas <laughs> services. So it really depends on uh, the text that our pastors are preaching on. Mm -hmm. Hymn of the day for Christmas one in our uh, three-year series. So oftentimes this is the one that, that gets the special treatment later in, uh, in the Christmas season. And we'll usually try to pair this up. This is a longer hymn, seven stanzas, though, short stanzas together, that we can offer a little bit different musical treatment after after the Christmas season. So a smaller choir might be singing a few of the stanzas antiphonally. So we have a chance not only to sing it, but also to have it sung to us. So there are lots of great opportunities to hear this. Mm -hmm. 
I think you mentioned a little bit of this at the beginning, but is there a, a, a reason why you love this hymn, especially out of all of the, what, 33 or something Christmas hymns that we have? Yes, I would say the the tune of this one isn't sappy. And I have something, <laughs> I we sing hymns that might be a little sappy sometimes. And I love, I love me some Silent Night and some Came Upon a Midnight Clear. But once we've gotten that, um, uh, happening. We also have the opportunity for something like this. It's bright, it's bold, it moves, and it teaches. Mm -hmm. And I think I especially look forward to it. And there's a wonderful Paul Mann's organ setting of this mm -hmm. that I always like playing, though I don't just pick hymns based on what Paul Mann's has written, but sometimes it helps. <laughs> Paul Mann's is great. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, I have really appreciated our conversation, and thank you so much for your time. Paul Solick, Director of Parish and School Music at St. John Lutheran Church in Seward, Nebraska. Thanks so much, Paul, for being our guest during the 12 Days of Christmas. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>